Hello and welcome to this short podcast from JCC English. In this episode, we talk to Catherine McCants. Catherine works with the National Library of Ireland and is involved with the Seamus Heaney Listen Now Again exhibition. This exhibition is housed in the new Cultural and Heritage Centre at Bank of Ireland, College Green in Dublin. Taking Heaney's manuscripts, drafts, notebooks and diaries, the exhibition brings visitors on a journey through the poet's life and writing and offers a glimpse into his creative process and reveals the internal and external forces that help to shape his work. In this episode, Catherine talks to us about a new drama which has been recently added to the prescribed text list for Junior Cycle English. This drama, The Burial at Thebes, is the second play that Heaney wrote. We hope that you enjoy. Catherine, thanks so much for sitting down with me today. Lovely to get this chance to have a chat with you. So we might start with our brief chat about The Burial at Thebes by looking at it as a Greek tragedy. So can you tell me about the original play Antigone, which this play, The Burial at Thebes, is based upon? Yeah, absolutely. Antigone is a Greek tragedy and in ancient Greek theatre, which began in Athens around 700 BC, tragedies were a very common type of play in which disaster kind of falls upon the leading character. So the play Antigone was originally written by a Greek playwright um, called Sophocles, probably in around 441 BC. And it is the most performed play in the world anywhere. Uh, which is so interesting. And the plot, uh, I guess, goes a little bit like, so Creon is the new king of Thebes following a civil war in which two brothers, Etiopes and Polynices, fought on opposite sides and they killed each other. And they have two sisters, Antigone and Ismene. And Etiocles fought on the victorious Theban side, while Polynices is viewed as a traitor. He fought um, against the Theban side. So King Creon admires Etiocles and gives him a proper burial, whereas he commands that Polynices' body should be left exposed for the birds to feed on. And he orders that no burial should take place for him. And Antigone, she views this as unjust and she seeks help from her sister Ismene to bury their brother Polynices. Um, Ismene, she is a little bit more reasonable and she fears the wrath of Creon and she leaves Antigone to do this. Um, So when Creon finds out that Antigone has disobeyed his law, he is shocked he banishes her to die in a barricaded tomb despite her engagement to his son and Creon will not listen to advice from his son Haman and it's only whenever the oracle Tiresias and the chorus warn and advise Creon of his error that he repents but it's too late and tragedy ensues. Why did Seamus Heaney choose to translate this play do you think? The play was commissioned actually to mark the centenary of the Abbey Theatre in Dublin in 2004. So it wasn't actually a play Heaney had always wanted to translate. Um, He says in his biography, Stepping Stones, um, I'd have preferred to have gone with Oedipus at Colonus, but Yeats had done his version for the Abbey in the 1930s. 
um, also of Oedipus the king. So there was that constraint on Heaney. And then on the other hand, Heaney said there was a certain satisfaction in being invited by Yeats Theatre to complete the trilogy. But at the same time, Heaney did agree to do the translation because on his mind was very much the war on terror that was going on. And that's kind of something that uh, he felt was very relevant in Antigone. And also he felt that he could relate to the Guantanamo Bay prisoners, of whom some were Americans and whom Bush would have regarded much as Creon regarded Polynices as an anti-Theban Theban. And therefore Heaney says that Creon's lines did get inflected with at least one Bushism, um, where he says, I'll flush him out. So yeah, it's quite interesting. Heaney said that he was reluctant to do another translation because there had been so many other Irish playwrights before him, and um, Tom Pollan, among many others. And he thought to himself, how many more Antigones did Irish theatre need? <laughs> but Eileen Battersby, she actually noted in um, the Irish Times uh, around 2004, that um, Heaney's initial reluctance to add yet another Antigone to the Irish repertoire dissolved with a new sense of the play's relevance after September 11th. Um, so Heaney states that there was the general worldwide problem where considerations of state security posed serious threats to individual freedom and human rights. And um, he saw an obvious parallel between George W. Bush and Creon. So he felt it was a timely play to translate. And you mentioned there that he attributed George W. Bush-isms of sorts to one of the, the leading characters. What other creative departures did Heaney take from the original play or what dramatic techniques did he use? Probably in terms of departures from the original play, he'd probably be quick to point out that his play is not a translation. He um, prefers to call it a version. So he, he worked off existing translations, um, such as the 19th century translation by Jeb. And he was more so looking for meaning rather than language. So uh, Jeb was under an obligation to render the Greek correctly, whereas Heaney says himself that he didn't want to the substance of the meaning, but or no, sorry, he did want to give the substance of the meaning, but his first consideration was speakability. And he says that he wanted to try uh, different registers in the musical sense for different characters and movements in the play. And um, he says in the Irish Times article with Eileen Battersby, he says, you could say that his text is a parallel text. Heaney's version is an atmospheric version that gains much energy and dramatic fire from the characterization. Uh, Heaney's version um, is instinctively graceful and has an earthy feel for the right word. So Heaney, he has used kind of three distinct verse tunes throughout the text. So he uses an impulsive kind of three beat bar for Antigone, then Anglo-Saxon alliterative form for the chorus and iambic pentameters for Creon. It gives a real a really good musicality to the play. So Heaney, I think he was, I suppose, a little bit more cautious this time around writing The Burial at Thebes. It's his second play um, because in his first play, The Curate Troy, he did take like slightly more um, departures from the text. He, he added a chorus of his own, but he said in his um, biography, Stepping Stones, that once the performances started, 
uh, for the curate Troy, he came to realise that his topical references to police widows and hunger strikers were a mistake. And um, he said that spelling things out like that is almost like patronising the audience. So in The Burial at Thebes, he tried to strike a balance between textual strictness and also being mindful of contemporary significance. And he said that just how much contemporary allusion should be allowed in the text in The Burial at Thebes, he felt that on the whole, he was trying to keep to the less is more rule. And can you talk to me about maybe some of the first performances or performances in general of Heaney's version? Yes, Heaney's version was first performed on Monday, the 5th of April, 2004 in the Abbey Theatre, but it also enjoyed successful runs at Peacock in Dublin and the Nottingham Playhouse, among many others. So in the first performances, whenever I was uh, researching what uh, that was like in 2004, I came across a review by Michael Billington for The Guardian, and he notes how Heaney's translation was inspired by Bush's war in Iraq. So Lorraine's first run in the Abbey takes place on a raised platform against some looming concrete walls and a sinister iron staircase. And Creon sports a white bemedalled um, uniform that shrieks military dictator. And the air is filled with wheels and cries. He felt that that performance was almost quasi-operatic in its production. So it uh, generally had great reviews that first run and it has gone on to be performed all over the world, which is just amazing. But yeah, I, I think it was an interesting first performance and was rather more dramatic perhaps than a text uh, may have uh, led one to believe it, it or would have expected perhaps. What do you think are some of the core themes that might come to light for students or anybody engaging with this text? The Burial at Thebes, it examines that kind of eternal conflict between family and state in a time of crisis. And it sets kind of private allegiance against public service. The themes of the play would be power, the divine power, injustice and loyalty who are you loyal to whenever it comes to it and then there are more, more kind of themes on top of that like male versus female and um, man's laws versus the laws of the gods so it is uh yeah there are a lot of themes that come into it brilliant thank you so we we touched briefly on Heaney's use of language in the play and we spoke about a couple of kind of bushisms that he includes and he uses a variety of style could you talk to me a little bit about these kind of variety of styles that he uses within this play? Yeah, Heaney was um, interested in speakability and he brings the, the play up to the modern audience and yeah, even goes as far as to include Bushisms so that it really was for that cultural and, and political moment. I think he uses language that everyday people could actually use at times. So it is very... Uh, accessible for young people. What poems by Heaney might complement the study of this play? I think definitely one that would be a great um, one to study on many levels would be a poem called Anything Can Happen. And that was Heaney's response via Horace uh, to the 9-11 um, bombings on 11 September 2001. So definitely that went up, anything can happen. As well as that, um, 
Heaney often used classical Greek drama to touch on both the Irish troubles, but also to present his own personal views, So, especially in the last two decades of his life. So other poems of interest might be Route 110, The Midnight Verdict and uh, Sonnets from Hellas. There are many that I could mention, but um, yeah, definitely number one would be Anything Can Happen. So my final question is, why do you think this play might resonate with young people? So I think Greek myths still resonate with us today and with young people because the conflict that are presented in Greek myths and in Antigone are still with us today. So things like civil strife, um, conflict between families are still things that we deal with. And it's amazing because this play was written, obviously, 2,500 years ago, but we can still completely understand the the conflict and the, the issues for this particular moment in history I think it's quite interesting how the play allows a woman to speak and allows a woman to accuse that is definitely an interesting point for today's uh, young audiences that they see a female lead and are able to engage with her character. Catherine thank you so much it's been fascinating to talk to you and thank you for giving us the insight into Seamus Heaney's The Burial of Thebes. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For further supports on drama in junior cycle English, visit our website jct.ie forward slash English. You can also follow us on Twitter at jct English.